Very cool. Well, here we go into the word for this morning and uh, following on with our theme for the year. If you're joining us for the first time today, we are um, in the one story that leads to Jesus, Bible reading plan, reading through the whole of the Bible in 12 months, and uh, just under 12 months it is, and so we're just crunching through, and uh, this morning we're following some themes as we go through that, it's, um, and this morning's theme is redeeming disappointment, and uh, following on, I think it, the flow has been kind of nice, instead of having a whole bunch of sub-themes, um, I think the flow has been really good, and uh, preaching multiple weeks is always um, nice just to feel like you're in a flow. And so go following on from last week's message about being faithful. Uh, no, what was it? Faithful in our failure. <clears throat> God is faithful in our failure. And so preaching about failure to now this week, preaching about redeeming disappointment. And uh, I started last week by saying who's failed and most people put their hands up and those who didn't failed the test. And, uh, and so this week I want to ask a question, who's ever been disappointed? And so most of us, if not all of us, have been disappointed at some stage. And, uh, and so I think there's something in here that hopefully you can relate to and uh, something that you can take home to encourage you in your disappointment. Because... One thing I know is that disappointment is going to continue to come, just like failure is going to continue to come, because if we're not failing, we're not trying something new. And so we've got to continue to fail, right? We've got to continue to put ourselves out there into a place of failure so that we can continue to put ourselves out there into a place of success. I saw something during the week. I can't remember who it was now. I think it was LeBron James. Um, it was one of the different... I think there's three, is there, basketball people? Three different people they call the goat of basketball. And uh, Michael Jordan, LeBron James and Kobe um, Bryant. And uh, I think it was LeBron James. I saw an interview with it. And the question was asked, what makes you, what makes you so successful? What makes you so good at hitting all those shots? And his response was, it's not the however many I've hit, it's the how many I've missed. It's all the, the failures that I've missed, the, the times that I've missed the basket, the times that I've missed the pass. It's the times that I've missed doing something that drive me to get better, that drive me to continue to push on to be the best I can be. It's not the winning. It's the losing. It's the failures. And so let's just keep that in the back of our minds this morning as we work through this meeting and say <clears throat> disappointment. And uh, as I, I think of disappointment, I think of one of the biggest names in the Bible. It's probably the most disappointing in my opinion. And uh, this is just an opinion right now, but we're going to get to the scripture, which is there no longer opinion. But I think this is, this guy's probably, when you read through the Bible, it's like, How? You know, you can read through the Bible and put yourself in their shoes and go, oh, yep, I could have done that, I would have done this. And I read through this and I go, really? I don't think. But I probably would have. And, uh, and so anyway, instead of talking about it, let's just read this scripture. Matthew 26, 69 to 75 says this. Now Peter was sitting out in the courtyard and a servant girl came to him 
and asked this question. You also, uh, you also were with Jesus of Galilee, she said, but he denied it before them all. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Then he went out to the gateway where another servant girl saw him and said to the people there, this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again with an oath, I do not know the man. After a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, surely you are one of them. Your accent gives you away. Then he began to cool down curses, and he swore to them, I don't know the man. Immediately a rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered the word of Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. It's like, what a disappointing moment to put yourself in his shoes, to have that moment where the rooster crows. You've just trying to save your own life, trying to save face, trying to distance yourself from Jesus. And you've had this not just once, not twice, but three times an opportunity to actually stand up and say, yep, I'm with him. I'm one of his guys. That's my boy. That's my man. That's my master. That's my teacher. That's my best friend. That's Jesus. I'm with him. But no, he says, no, I don't know the man. What are you talking about? And I think hopefully if we're honest with ourselves, we can relate. Maybe not to disowning Jesus, but to being disappointed. I started thinking, you know how once you start to think about something, it's really hard to come up with a, a little story that actually is real because you start to think, oh, I'm not that bad. And I started to think, well, when was the last time I was disappointed? And I'm like, you know what? I haven't really been disappointed. And I'm like, well, I know I have, but you just can't think of those moments. And then I started to think about it and I go, oh, hang on. Yeah, yesterday I probably said something the way that I shouldn't have said it and probably added some words that I shouldn't have said while I was out coaching football and say, yep, all right, I'm pretty disappointed in that. And, uh, and the day before, I probably should have done a few things differently. And, uh, oh, yep, yep, during the week, there was a couple of moments where I, well, there was a moment when I was on the phone to someone and I wasn't happy with their service. And so I was just letting them know a little bit about what I thought and the process in which I thought they should have been doing their job and how they should have been a little bit better at customer service and doing what they said they would have done. And so I believe I actually used the word, I'm really disappointed in you, uh, to them on the phone. And <clears throat> you know how you say that to someone? It's like, oh, it's just such a disappointment. And you, you just, your heart crushes this that little bit because it's such a strong word. Like, call me so many... Hopeless, hopelessly disappointed. Is that it? You are hopeless and I'm disappointed? No, there's... But it is, it's just one of those words. When somebody says, I'm disappointed in you, it's a real moment of just, like it crushes you, right? But, but do we actually take it on board? Do we move through that or do we stay there? And I want to show you some keys this morning of what <clears throat> Peter does or some things in here that, that can help us to move through that disappointment. Because if we live in the disappointment, guess what? We get stuck. 
we get stuck. Do you know who doesn't get stuck when I stay in my disappointment? Everyone else. Nobody else cares about my disappointment in myself. Everybody else continues to live life the way they want to live their life. Right. How many of you care about my disappointment to the fact that you stop doing what you're doing so that you can stay in my pity party about my own disappointment? Put your hand up. Anybody? Anybody? Not even my wife. <laughs> She'd be the last one to put her hand up. I'll just give you the hot tip. But, and anybody that knows Emma would be, yep, that's 100% true. So, but it's like, nobody else cares. So if, if you get nothing else out of this message, hear these three words, get over it and move on. Because if we get stuck, we're exactly that. We're stuck. And so there's three things that that Peter does. Peter disappoints himself. Peter disappoints Jesus. So I don't even know, does Peter disappoint Jesus? Because Jesus already knew it was going to happen. So if Jesus already knew it was going to happen, was Jesus disappointed in Peter that Peter disappointed Jesus? Doesn't matter. Peter disappointed himself. Peter had a moment of being disappointing. But the thing that, one of the keys, the first key to Peter is Peter recognised that he'd done what he'd done. And it says, Peter wept bitterly. He went outside and wept bitterly. At some point, we've got to face up to our disappointment. At some point, we've got to actually recognize and acknowledge, you know what? I haven't done what I thought I was going to do. It's on me. Stop blaming other people. Stop blaming other things. Stop blaming other circumstances and just go, you know what? That's me. That's my doing. I didn't prioritize what I was going to do. And so there it is. I've had some conversations one-way conversations, and some of them have been two-way conversations over the years about me and my study habits. And uh, they're really great, and I'm extremely good at study, uh, especially when it's just me being self-disciplined to get it done. And, uh, <clears throat> and so uh, I've been working through extremely slowly a diploma in um, ministry and theological studies through C3 Online. And it's when I say slowly, it's because it's been a little hit and miss. And uh, I thought, right, that's it. I had a little bit of time off towards the end of last year where I didn't sign up for anything. And so I went, right, that's it. I'm going to get back into it this year. Pumped myself up. And I went, oh, no, maybe I won't. Having a newborn. No, no, I'm going to get it done. All right, so I signed up, did it, and uh, paid the money for the course. And then got to, the day it was due, got the reminder to say, just a reminder, your module's due tonight at midnight. And I went, oh, no. <laughs> and in those last couple of weeks, I planned it all out because I knew that at the start of the term, we were having Kelsey. And so I wasn't going to get anything done at the start, but then I'll have this chunk of time at the end when I can just smash it out, get it done. I've looked at it and gone, yep, it's a fairly... Simple and straightforward module, and, uh, and I'll just crunch it out. And then I started, and I went, oh, there's actually a lot more in this than I thought there was going to be. It's not just, not just an 
an essay at the end, but there's actually some other bits and pieces that you need to do along the way that aren't towards the grade, but they are. And I'm like, oh no. And so I had a moment of, I might have bitten off more than I could chew. But I'm like, I've paid the money now, so let's just keep going. And so I kept going and I started to do it. And then we got COVID and I just completely forgot about it. And then so we had COVID and then I went on two weeks holidays and I completely missed it. And I had a, a moment where I was just really disappointed, where I was, I was a little more than disappointed. I was filthy with myself because I got myself so excited. I've got to pump myself up to study, all right? It's, so it's not something I enjoy doing at all. So I've got to really pump myself up. And so I'd done that and then I still let myself down. And I was talking with the, um, Ryan, who's one of the online tutors and looks after the college stuff at, at conference in Tassie. And so he's initially from Darwin, and so we met him years ago when we were up at C3 Darwin, and so we kind of only met him once up there, but it's just one of those connections that every time we catch up at a conference or talk to him, it's like we're best mates that have never known each other. And you know, those kind of people, they're just really easy to talk to and you get along. And, uh, and so we're having this conversation, and he says to me, oh, how are you? how's your study going? He's like, are you still, still doing it? And he kind of had this kind of smile on his face. I'm like, yeah, bugger. I'm like, you know exactly what I've just done. And he's like, how did you go to the start of this year? And I'm like, yeah, oh, I didn't really do too well, did I? And he's like, oh, you know, you could have asked for an extension. I'm like, yeah, but then I was on holidays and then we're here and it just wasn't going to. He's like, like, you could have done it. I'm like, don't even tell me how. And so I just had this moment of, I had to own it. I had to own the disappointment. I had to own the fact that I'd let myself down. I had to own the fact that I just spent money that we didn't really have on something that I then didn't do. And so now to do that module again, I've got to spend the money again somewhere down the track. It'll be probably a couple of years before I get to do that subject again. So it's, but it's like, have you felt like that? Might not have been with study. You might just be an expert studier, or it might be something completely different to study. But there's those moments where we do that. Number one we've got to do is we've got to actually own up. We've got to realise that we've stuffed up. We've got to realise that we've let ourselves down. We've got to realise that we've let someone else down. We've got to realise that we've spent something that we didn't have to spend. We've got to realise that we've, whatever we've done, we've got to own up to it and have our moment might be a moment of tears. might be a moment of a little bit of embarrassment. It might be a moment of who knows what the moment is, but we've got to have our moment so that we can move on. But what I love is that when we have that moment, something happens in that moment that enables us, that equips us, that empowers us to actually rise up above it. And so we, we read on in the story of Peter, the guy who's just disowned Jesus. It's not like he's not stood up for Jesus. He's disowned Jesus. And we skip through to the book of Acts. And in Acts 2, we read this, then Peter stood up with the 11. 
So here's Peter, the guy who isn't just one of the disciples, but he's one of Jesus' three. He's one of Jesus' closest. Disowns Jesus. Has his moment. And now he stood up with the 11, raised his voice. The other 11 didn't raise theirs. Peter raised his. And addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. What a good morning that would have been. The morning of Pentecost after the tongues of fire have swept through and just like to be there on that morning. Wouldn't that have just been something? If I could go back to any day in history, I reckon that's the day I'd go back to just because how phenomenal would that have been to witness that, to sit waiting, 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 waiting. Don't you just hate waiting? Some gave up, some didn't. Another whole message in that. Don't give up, keep persisting. Because when the time is right, the time is right. And so then Peter stands up and he says these things. It's only nine in the morning. And then we read on later down in that, after he's addressed the crowd, addressed the people with many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. So we've got this guy who's gone from being the closest to Jesus, to disowning Jesus, disappointing Jesus, disappointing himself, to owning up to it, having his moment, and then going on to start the church, going on to start something brand new. How incredible. How incredible. Talk about enlarging the place of your tent. He's just added 3,000 to their number that day. That's a fair enlargement, right? That takes a a fair bit of strengthening your stakes, lengthening your cords. There's a fair bit of stretch in that moment. What's that about? How is it that Peter could stand up and do that on that day? Because he'd worked through his disappointment. He'd worked through his moment with Jesus. He'd worked through, not stopped, not got stuck, not become stationary, not become disjointed or dysfunctional, disenchanted, not become anything else. He's just gone, you know what? Yep, I'm going to own what I've just done and now I'm going to move on. Now I'm going to move through. Now I'm going to push on and let's get the prize. And so Peter, Peter becomes the leader. Peter becomes the man. Peter becomes the voice. Peter becomes something that he never would have become if he didn't step through, if he didn't work through, if he didn't overcome his disappointment. And so where are you at this morning with your disappointment? Are you someone who's, who's just constantly disappointing yourself? As I started with this morning, it's so easy to look back over the last couple of days. It's so easy to look back over the last couple of weeks and go, you know what? Yep, 
there was a disappointment. Oh, and that was a disappointment. Oh, and that day was a disappointment. And you go back through the calendar and you can look at the meetings or the appointments that you've had and the people that you've spoken to and you can go, oh, yep, well, that was a failure and that was a flop and that was a... Do we live in that moment? Or do we live in the moment of let's look forward, let's look ahead and let's actually pump up our tires a little bit. Let's get ourselves up and about. Let's actually start to look forward with a bit of enthusiasm, with a bit of gusto and go, do you know what? I can make a difference today. Yesterday, all right, that's the write-off. Let's not worry about that. But today, I'm going to make a difference. Today, I'm going to encourage someone. Today, I'm going to encourage myself. I'm going to look in the mirror and I'm going to remind myself that I'm wonderfully and beautifully made. I'm created in the image of God. When was the last time you did that? Just to encourage yourself. When was the last time in the shower you, you woke up and you're just standing in the shower in the morning and you just go, pray a simple prayer. The prayer I prayed this morning, God, give me the strength that I need today to do what I need to do. Give me the wisdom to say what I need to say. So it's not nothing like, I didn't fall over in the shower and it's like, our shower's not that big, I can't fall over. So it's... It's actually, I can pray for myself in there and I just go up and I hit the wall there and if I fall forward, I hit the wall there and that's about it. As long as I don't go sideways, then I go out the door. But, uh, <clears throat> but it's like, when was the last time you, you just woke up and encouraged yourself to say, you know what, I'm going to forget the disappointing bit and I'm going to start to speak into my future so that I can enlarge the place that I live, so that I can speak to the thousands, so that I can see God's kingdom grow right before my eyes. When was it? When was the last time that you did that? That power that was on Peter to stand up, that power that was on Peter to work through his disappointment, that power that was on Peter to see 3,000 added in one moment, that same power is on us today. So we've got no excuses. We've just got to get up. We've got to get over it. We've got to get over ourselves. And we've got to get on with it. Get up. Get over it. Get on with it. And as we do that, as we work through that simple, simple, simple process, we actually have something attached to us. His name's Jesus. He gets on those decisions. He gets on those moments and empowers us and equips us to move forward. Hebrews 6, 19, I close with this, says, We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner, Jesus, has entered on our behalf. He has become high priest forever. How cool is that? We have an anchor. That's our hope. Our hope to step forward. Our hope to move on. And so we get this, this flow as we move through life where we step out in faith and then we disappoint ourselves. And then we step out in faith and then we disappoint ourselves. And then we step out in faith. And the key is to keep stepping out in faith, knowing that we've got this anchor his name is Jesus. He's not going to let us get blown off course. 
He's not going to let us go too far off the rails because he's, we've got him as our anchor. When we lose that anchor, we're just away with the sea. Would you close your eyes this morning? Father, I pray for every person here. God, every person listening or watching online. God, I pray that as we step out, God, as we do what you've called us to do, Father, I pray that you would help each one of us here this morning to get over it. Father, help each one of us as we're just in our heads thinking through what it is. As we're in our heads thinking, oh, but this is a bigger deal and that's a bigger deal. And no, none of us have disowned Jesus right in front of him. I think that's a pretty big deal. God, help us to get on with it. God, so that we can do what you've called us to do. God, so that we can live the life that you've called us to live. Walking with you. Expanding your kingdom. God, not every one of us gets the opportunity to stand up in front of thousands and preach your word. But every one of us gets the opportunity to speak to our next door neighbor. Every one of us gets the opportunity to speak to our family member who doesn't know you. Every one of us gets the opportunity to speak to that colleague at work. Every one of us gets the opportunity to speak to that person on a Saturday as we're at our sporting club or we're at the shop or we're doing whatever it is that we like to do in our spare time. God, every one of us has an opportunity get on with it, to get on with the job. Of making disciples. It's what you've called us to do. So God, I pray that you would empower us. God, I pray that you would equip us in your mighty name. I want to give this opportunity. We do it every week in our meetings. Is Jesus the anchor to your soul? Is Jesus the anchor for your soul? If he is, then I'd love to pray a prayer with you this morning to invite him in. Let him fill your heart with hope so that you can get on with it so that you can get on with what he's called us to get on with. If that's you, I'd love you to come and speak to me after the service. I don't want to ask you to come out the front. I don't want to lift your hand or anything to embarrass you in any way, but I'd love you to come and speak to me after the service so I can pray with you and invite Jesus into your life. If you're watching online, there's a link on our website to go and pray that prayer. There's a video from Pastor Phil Pringle, the founder of C3 Global, to just explain that a little more. And then there's a link that just says, I've prayed that prayer. I'd love you to click that link so that we can connect with you, so that we can encourage you. 
help equip you on your journey with Him. Father, I pray for every person. God, help us overcome our disappointments. God, help us get over it. God, help each one of us That word fear is just continuing to rattle in my spirit. Father, I just pray. Father, we come against fear this morning. Holy Spirit. Perfect love casts out fear. So God, we just speak your love. God, we pray for your love. God, fill every person afresh this morning with your love. Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name.